What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, I am also your guest. But before we dive in today, I just want to pause. I want to take a second, and I want to thank you so, so much for tuning in. Whether today is the first episode you've ever listened to, or if you have listened to every episode along the way, I just want to thank you so much for lending us your ears, for taking the time that you could spend doing literally anything else in the world, and you're choosing to listen to this show. Please understand that that's something that I don't take lightly, and my goal here is to give you a good return on that investment of time. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting this show. I seriously cannot thank you enough. So today's conversation, this comes from... Uh, a little story, an experience that I had with my five-year-old son this past Memorial Day weekend. I had a little bit of a revelation in this in this experience that I shared with him, and I was able to teach him a few lessons after this. So I'm going to speak through that today. So if you follow anyone on Instagram who is in any way plugged into the fitness world or the CrossFit world or anything in any capacity, then you've prob- probably at least heard of this workout called Murph. In the CrossFit community, there's this concept of the hero wad or workout of the day, and it's become an honored tradition. So a hero wad is a tribute to a fallen first responder or member of the military who died while serving honorably in the line of duty. And these workouts, they're usually very difficult. They're named in memory of a fallen comrade, and they're executed together in large groups, both in person and virtually across the country. The most well-known of the hero wads is Murph, and it's done on Memorial Day each year by thousands and thousands of people across the country. Murph is the official hero wad in memory of Lieutenant Michael Murphy. He was a Navy SEAL, and he was killed in action in Afghanistan in 2005 in what is known as Operation Red Wings, which is also known as the deadliest day in the history of naval special warfare. At the time, he was engaged to be married to his college sweetheart just a few months later. It's a heartbreaking story. Later, Lieutenant Murphy was awarded the Medal of Honor for his selfless leadership, courageous actions, and extraordinary devotion to duty that he displayed during the gunfight that ultimately took his life. The Murph Hero Wad was first programmed in 2005, the year of the lieutenant's death, and is now completed by Americans all across the country as a form of tribute and acknowledgement of the ultimate sacrifice made by Lieutenant Murphy and the countless other men and women alike who have died and sacrificed for the freedoms that we are all blessed to enjoy here in this country every single day. So the workout itself, Murph, it's brutal. You start by strapping on a 20-pound weight vest, and the workout is as follows. It's a one-mile run, then 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats, then an additional one-mile run, all while wearing the 20-pound vest. Now you can break up the reps in between, in between the runs, however you want. I'm certainly not knocking out a hundred pull-ups in a row. If you can, that's great for you, but that's not me. I break it up into about 20 different sets. All you have to do is get those reps in, but it's brutal. So going into this workout, it takes a certain level of focus and intention to get yourself ready to suffer through it because it, I mean, it's brutal. So on Memorial Day this year, this past week, I'm all gassed up. I'm up. I have a good, healthy breakfast. I have about five cups of coffee. I strap on my vest. I'm ready. And I take off and I knock down that first mile run. 
And then I come back and I, I come into my garage where I, where I do my workouts and I start the pull-ups, the push-ups, and the squats. And I'm cruising. I've got my music going. I'm in the zone. It's terrible. And I'm, you know, I'm just deep in thought. It's, a, it's like a strange form of like an active meditation. And I, in that moment, I'm just considering how lucky I am to live in this amazing country where other people have died so that I, myself, and my family, and everyone else here can live a life of freedom. So in this workout, I get to about the halfway point, and I am absolutely drenched in sweat. I'm grunting and groaning with every single pull-up. I suck at pull-ups, so that's the, it's, it's, it's ugly when I'm getting after those. And around this time, my five-year-old son sneaks out into to the garage with me. He had been hanging out in the house with my wife and, and our other son, but he snuck away, slipped out into the garage. He probably heard me yelling. So my initial reaction when he got out there was to send him back outside, send him back into the house, right? So get him out of there. Let me finish. Let me finish my workout. I wanted to stay focused on that task at hand. And I wanted to go for a strong time in the workout. I wanted to you know, stay deep in thought by myself about Memorial Day and have that form of active meditation and really being able to think about it and, and be intentional with it the way that I had intended to going into the workout, right? That was my task at hand. But I could see the wonder in his eyes. And as he looked at me, and I'm just, I'm drenched in sweat, right? My hair's all over the place. I'm working out of my garage. It's hot. There's no air conditioning. Like I'm just, I'm a wreck, man. I look like I got hit by a bus. And he looked at me and he said, in an adorable way that only a five-year-old could, he, he just said, dad, can I work out with you? And obviously there's only one right answer to that question. So I said, of course, buddy, I could really use some help out here. And I decided that from here on out on that day, this was not about the workout. It wasn't about my own meditation, having my time. This was about my son. And this, this was an opportunity, a golden opportunity to connect with him. So he's in my space. Now we're in the garage. This is where I work out. It's my domain. And he was excited and curious about being there. He was really leaning in and this dynamic creates a strong opportunity to lead and teach a young child when they're focused, their eyes are wide open with wonder. They're just like a sponge ready to absorb whatever comes their way. Now I've missed many of these moments like this in the past. I've let the, the task at hand be the most important thing. And I've poorly stewarded that attention and curiosity of my kids and, and, looking back and knowing I've missed those moments, it haunts me. But considering I've messed them up in the past, I was actually pretty proud of myself that I caught it this time. And it's the sentiment in this story, which brings me to the parenting thought, the main thing that I really want to hammer home, the lesson that I learned while doing this Memorial Day Murph workout and my son comes out. And the thought or the lesson here is that with kids, the task at hand is never the main thing. The task at hand is merely a medium for connecting with our kids. Now, I think you could extrapolate this. I think you could zoom out. And I think you could say that anything that you do, any shared experience you have with another human being is far less about the task at hand. It's more about the connection with the people you are sharing the experience with. But for the sake of this story, for the sake of this conversation, for the sake of what I've really paid attention to and experiences with myself, we're talking about our kids. So 
if my workout, if that was the most important thing on that day, then I would have missed this next half hour that I got to have with my son, this amazing opportunity for connection and for teaching and for leading him. I would have missed all of this, like all th this moment, this, uh, this 30 minute stretch where he's just leaning in, he's paying attention. I would have missed all of this had I not stewarded his attention, his interest well. And, I, and I, if I was more focused on the task at hand, then I would have missed all of this that I'm about to run through with you. And this same principle, it's not, this isn't just about workouts, but this is where it probably will become more applicable for us in our everyday lives. But the same principle goes for damn near everything else that we do with our kids. Even the things that sometimes stress us out or the things that seem like just are the monotonies of day-to-day -day life. Like, for example, like getting them to eat dinner or getting them to go to sleep or getting them to get dressed in the morning. All these things that there's plenty of opportunity for us to be driven crazy in there, right? Like if you've ever wanted to hold your kids down and just force food down their throats because they won't eat their dinner at the dinner table and they won't sit still, raise your hand. Or if you've ever wanted to pin your kids down in bed, literally duct tape, tape them to the comforter so that they will go to sleep at night, raise your hand. Both my hands are raised. We've all been there, right? Like these moments, these monotonies, it's like it's one more thing on the to-do list. It's easy to get stressed out. But what I've learned recently and what was really brought to light in this experience that I had with my son during my workout last week through my own failure in the past is that the most important thing in those efforts is not to get the kids fed or to get them to sleep. Now, those things are obviously important, but they're not the most important thing. The most important thing in those efforts is the opportunity that you have as a parent to connect with your kids, to converse with them, to hold a space for them to share things with you, to set an example for them, to lead them, to teach them. But like I said, we get so caught up in the effort of just eat your food, just go to sleep that we totally, totally miss the point. But if you're willing to take a beat and zoom out for a second, in those moments, you'll realize the opportunities that are right in front of you. Now, I'm not going to tell you this is easy. Like I said, you know, this isn't news. Kids can be infuriating, especially when they don't listen, right? So sometimes this is easier said than done. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it doesn't. But the more meaningful moments that you can foster in these monotonies in your day-to-day, -day, in the bedtimes, in the sitting at the dinner table and the getting the kids dressed, the more meaningful moments you can foster in those, in those efforts, the richer your life will be. Jordan Peterson has a really wonderful clip and I've shared it on my Instagram multiple times in the past. I love it. So if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen this before, but he talks about how a good life isn't margaritas on a beach because that isn't sustainable, that isn't real. And even if you could afford to do it, it'd be meaningless. You'd be going crazy in a relatively short amount of time. But a good life, he says, it's how your wife greets you at the door. And it's the conversations that you have with your kids at the dinner table. Because it's the moments like these, the things that we look at, look at sometimes as the monotonies, the things that are just on the to-do list, it's in the routine, it is whatever it is, these are the moments that make up the majority of our lives. 
So I love that clip from Jordan Peterson because it's these monotonies that we rush through, right? We take them for granted and we complain about it and we let them stress us out. And sometimes we even want to escape from them. And it makes sense that we, you know, we end up cruising through these times as parents because as parents, there's so many things we have to do to take care of our kids, right? Like that to-do list gets long. It's easy for things to blend in. And as men, I can speak for men because that's the perspective that I have. You know, our to-do lists grow longer and longer by the day. So it, it makes logical sense that everything on that to-do list, you know, gets no more or less attention than everything else. And when, you know, we're in the routine of, of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year, of the whatever, the whatever, and we're fighting through our list of responsibilities, it turns into this check the box mentality, keep moving on to the next thing. But in the middle of that list, that's where the dinner with the family, the bedtime, the getting the kids ready for soccer practice, the getting them dressed in the morning, all these moments that really make up our lives, that's where these moments lie. But it's logical and reasonable that these responsibilities do begin to blend together. So I'm not here to shame anybody. Hear me when I say that. I'm not shaming you if this is the way you felt because I I have become aware of this and I still have to fight this every single day like every single day. I'm just here to shine a light on it because I felt this in my own life and I want to help you learn the same lesson that I am currently learning right now. That's what this is all about. But it's these monotonies, right? It's these monotonies that can easily blend into our to-do list that make up the majority of our lives. And they're actually gold mines for creating the moments that enrich our lives. This is where we create the moments that we'll never forget. This is where we create the moments that we'll cling to one day. If we're lucky enough to sit on our deathbed and reflect back, these are the moments we're going to think about. These are the moments that are going to shape our legacy with our kids. These are the moments that are going to shape who our kids grow up to be and how they'll treat their spouses one day and how they will treat their kids one day and how they will lead their families and communities one day. All that is modeled in conversations around the dinner table, how we handle and speak to our kids at bedtime and how we, you know, handle that moment when they just won't sit still to get them dressed in the morning. Do we hold our temper? Can we be adults in that or do we lose it? Do we miss the point? But all we have to do is just dig in a little bit. And the more moments we can foster in those environments, the richer our lives will be. All right. So now that I have my son's attention, back to the story here, I'm about halfway through my workout, right? He comes out. I say, come on, buddy, come stay with me. So we got to chat about a few things that we otherwise wouldn't have. So this workout, this Murph workout, like I mentioned, where I started this whole thing, like I said, it's awful. And as my son's watching me sweat and struggle and fail, through the eyes of a five-year-old, he's probably looking at me thinking, man, dad's just torturing himself. But he looks at me and he asks me, dad, why are you doing this? And a question like this from a five-year-old is that's him just putting it on the tee. Come on, dad, you got to knock this one out of the park, right? But if you're not paying attention, like we just talked about, we will miss that. But first I got to explain to him what Memorial Day is. And I got to explain to him what the American flag represents. I have a flag that hangs in my gym and I got to point at that. And I got to explain to him how fortunate we are to live in a country where there's real life superheroes and they give up everything 
and they lay it all on the line and they leave their families, you know, so that we can live the way that we do. I said, you know how, um, buddy, you know how we can be and do anything that we want to be and do when we grow up? Yep. And I said, well, a, a big part of that is because people have fought for that opportunity for us. And he looks at me again. Okay. Like he's kind of getting it a little bit. So I continue with my next set of the pull-ups, the push-ups, the squats. And he's just still, he's just staring at me. Like he's just like, what in the world is dad doing? And I can't tell if he's thinking I'm a superhero or a psycho psychopath, but he's staring at me. He's watching. And he's helping me keep up with my reps. He's crossing them off the board as we go. You know, he, every time I, I knocked out a set, he's turning around and hustling his little butt over to the whiteboard and, you know, putting a little X on the board. He's like, Dad, I got it. It's adorable. But at this point, like I said, a little over halfway through. And then he says, Dad, you're only halfway done. And you look really tired. And, and I did. Like I said, I look like I got hit by a bus at this point. But then he says, Dad, how are you going to finish this? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's going to just keep putting these on the tee for me today. Another golden opportunity to teach my five-year-old son. So I responded. I said, one step at a time. And I could see the wheels spinning in his head. And he's thinking about it. And he's like, oh, okay. So I got to explain that to him. How we can do anything that we want to do in life. How we can accomplish anything that we want to accomplish in life. How we can learn any skill that we want to learn. We can build anything. We can be anyone. We can do anything. We can accomplish anything that we want to. And it all starts with one step at a time. And I got to explain that to him. And that just happened. That just flowed right through the normal conversation because we were engaged. And we talked about a bunch of other things. We talked about why it's important to do hard things, why it's important to prioritize our health, how muscles work, how we make them tired and break them down so that they can grow back stronger. He got to see me fail and then gather myself and try again over and over and over. Like I said, I suck at pull-ups. There was a lot of failure going on. He saw me fail on my time for the, um, I had a goal for how much time I was going to get the whole workout done in. And I just missed the mark, missed it by like two minutes. But I got to explain that to him. I got to say, hey, buddy, this was, this was the goal. Didn't quite make it. But hey, this is what we're going to do to improve to get better for next time. And you're going to help me with it. And he's like, okay, but okay, dad, I'll help you. And all these unbelievable lessons and values that I want to model for him and, and teach him, it all just happened that day. Now, is every day going to go as, as smooth as that went where he's just putting it on the tee and I get to knock it out of the park? No, that's like one in a million. I recognize that. But that opportunity did not happen because I'm some like great parent. Like, let me drive that home real quick. That didn't happen because I'm an amazing parent. It happened because I recognized in the moment when he came out into the garage and he snuck out there and he asked if he could stay and work out with me. I recognized that the task at hand, my workout wasn't the most important thing, but instead it was an opportunity for me to teach my son. Had I told him, to go back inside and let me finish my workout. That would have been the selfish move, the short-sighted move by me. If I lacked that perspective in that moment so that I could finish my task at hand and just do my workout, then all of this would have been missed. And that would have been a real shame. Now, like I said, 
this was an unbelievable 30 minutes where he was just putting them on the tee for me. And this was cool because it happened over a workout. But these same conversations happen around the dinner table. These same kind of conversations happen, you know, when you're getting your kids dressed in the morning. It happens when you're trying to get them to go to bed. It doesn't happen every single time. But if you're paying attention, the opportunity is there. If you rush through those efforts, if you rush through those moments, then you will miss the opportunities. They won't be able to happen. Now, I hope that this, this conversation, I hope this does not come across like I'm preaching from a pedestal or like I've got parenting all figured out because the reality is, I mean, I sure as hell don't. And if you've been listening to this show for long enough, then you know, you are nodding your head. Yes, correct. You don't have it all figured out. That's correct. I mean, as a dad, I feel like I fail more than I succeed. And it's hard, especially with young kids. There's, there's never the moment where you just say, hey, here's the lesson. And then they just get it and nail it moving forward. It's always a very, very delayed gratification after rep, after rep, after rep, after rep. And then after a year of trying to teach them something, then you see the, the, the little clue of success that they're actually starting to get it, right? But that delayed gratification, it sometimes makes me seriously doubt my ability as a dad. And that happens all the time. And that's, that's really, really real. So I say that so that you don't think that this exercise, this, this being able to focus in these moments, in these monotonies of our lives, this does not take any special skill and it doesn't require any prerequisite. All it takes is a little perspective and a little patience. So I hope you'll consider this experience that I had, and I hope that you'll pause during your next family meal, you know, during the next bed bedtime routine, during the next ride to soccer practice. And just remember that that task at hand, whatever it is, it may be just as it may be important, whatever, but that task at hand means nothing relative to the opportunity that you have in those moments to connect with your kids. So don't waste those opportunities. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said at the beginning, it's such an honor to have you tuning in, to have your attention. It means the world to me. I can't thank you enough for your support. So until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya. See ya.